You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to Real Presence Live on your Upper Midwest Real Presence Radio Network. Wisconsin to Wyoming, <laughs> Canada to Iowa. Is that fair, Karen? Minnesota, South Dakota. Karen Solinsky is here, a parishioner of Corpus Christi. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. I'm the pastor here at Corpus Christi, and we're coming to you live from my office today. Uh, I mentioned before the break uh, uh, of how St. Benedict, over 1,500 years ago, uh, with his twin sister Scholastica, changed uh, in many ways the, the, the culture, spiritual life of the church with his gospel-based rule. Um, we know of Benedictine missionaries. We know of Benedictine monasteries. And we're, we're blessed to have one here in Bismarck. The, uh, the Benedictine Sisters of the Annunciation, um, which has changed Bismarck. Um, and there is no better person to tell us about their upcoming 75th anniversary than Sister Nicole Kunze. Good morning. Good morning, Monsignor. Great to have you here. Um, great to see you again. Uh, tell the listeners about yourself and your role and... Um, before we get to your role, um, how did you become a sister, and where are you from? I grew up on a small grain and cattle farm in eastern North Dakota near Valley City. And when it came time to look for a college, I knew I wanted to go to a Catholic college, and going east to Minnesota seemed too far away. So I ventured west to the University of Mary, and it was while I was a student at Mary studying biology, I met the sisters at the monastery and felt called to join them. So I graduated from the University of Mary one week, moved into the monastery the next, and now this year will be my 26th year as a member of the community. And what is your role? Currently, my role is as prioress of the community. So I was elected by my sisters to be the spiritual and administrative leader. And I'm in my second term as prioress. And now you run the place. You, you, <laughs> went, you, went, you went from a grain farm to, to running the place. Um, what does your day involve? Um, you, there's, a, there's a lot of responsibilities you have at, um, that, in, in that position. There are. You know, it is like any form of leadership, a 24-hour, seven days a week, especially when you live where you work. And so, you know, there's all sorts of meetings because of our involvement with our sponsored ministries. I serve on the boards of the University of Mary, CHI, St. Alexius, and Ministry on the Margins. And so that takes some time. Um, being a part of my sister's lives, you know, assisting in whatever way, helping them discern health care, um, education. It's, each day is different, and I do appreciate that, but I'm also involved in the greater Benedictine world. I serve on our Federation of St. Benedict Council and also the Conference of Benedictine Prioresses. How many sisters at Annunciation Monastery? We have 34 members currently. And, and you um, also, uh, for lack of a better term, because I'm a diocesan priest, you, you, um, you assign them, you appoint them to, to their roles? It's a mutual discernment that we do together. You know, I'm, it's not as um, autocratic as me telling the sister what she will do, but 
you know, with her gifts and where she's at in life. You know, right now, one of our newer members is finishing up a bachelor's degree at the University of Mary so she can be a math teacher. Mm-hmm. That that's the best place for her at this point in her life. So for someone who has no um, real understanding of how of how um, convents or monasteries work, uh, you have 34 sisters, you live together, and you have different vocations as gifted by God. And you use those vocations for for work, and then come back to the monastery where you live in common. Right. Do you, do you that that is more drastic than what would happen in Richerton? Um, in Richerton, do they mostly stay there, the monks, or? For the most part, again, there too. You know, we're blessed to have at least Father Basil out in one of the parishes exactly. in our diocese. Um, you know, and we've had members of the Abbey working at the University of Mary over the years. We've had a wonderful partnership with them, and one of their monks is our chaplain at the monastery. All right, uh, Sister Nicole Kunze is my guest. We're talking about the 75th anniversary of um, Annunciation Monastery becoming um, uh, independent. Now, let's back up. Uh, and, and I did my research here, eating my eggs at my desk at five. Uh, th- this, this all came from St. Benedict's in St. Joseph, Minnesota. Is that right? That is correct. That, that, that's your, uh, what do you call that? Your, your mother house, your source, your, where you, so, so yes. could, could, you, could you do that? Could you start something that, that like happened in 1878 if you had more numbers? Certainly. That, that is allowed in our rule, in our sure. constitutions. So, so, so five sisters from St. Benedict's in St. Joseph, Minnesota, arrived in Bismarck in 1878 uh, for, uh, for, for education, right? Correct. And then health care. Then you became a pioneer in health care. Yes. In 1885, seven more sisters from St. Benedict's came to begin the first hospital in the Dakota Territory. Where was that first hospital? Here in Bismarck. And it, it was it in a was it a hotel? It, it, yes. Is it a hotel now or where? No. It, 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 it was the Lamborn Hotel that we purchased with the help of St. John's Abbey. So that's where the name came from because the abbot of St. John's Abbey was Abbot Alexis. Okay. Wow. Wow. Who, that's did interesting. You, I did not know that's that. That's why we get up in the morning, right? <laughs> we learn stuff like this. Yes. Uh, so is that uh, building still standing? No. I can't remember exactly which corner of Main Street it was, but it, it was in that general mm-hmm. downtown area of Bismarck. Uh, so uh, by, by the 1940s, a uh, hundred sisters were, were in the area here. And um, by the way, my mother is a graduate of the St. Alexis School of Nursing, which was, which was uh, before your nursing program now. Right. Your nursing program, by the way, is very strong and one of the best in the nation, if not the best? Right, at the University of Mary, yes. And how, how many students do you have uh, in that nursing program about? You know, I think each class has about 60 members. Yeah. And when I was adjunct teaching morality, I had a lot of them, mm-hmm. uh, great, great, great kids. So, so from uh, St. Uh, Benedict's in St. Joseph, Minnesota, uh, sisters came and the numbers grew and then we got to we got to 75 years ago we got to 1947 and, and what happened and why is this significant for you i think one has to even go back to the early 1940s when bishop vincent ryan became the bishop of bismarck as i reread our history preparing for this year 
without his persistence and wanting a group of sisters to call Bismarck home, I'm not sure we would have established our own house here. Um, it was through his persistence with the Mother Superior at St. Benedict's to say, you have a significant number of sisters here, your community is quite large. I think a group of them could establish their own house here. Or in other words, break away. Break away, yes. <laughs> and so in 1943, sisters were given the opportunity to volunteer. 140 sisters did volunteer in 1944 and were told then they needed to be in Bismarck or the Bismarck Diocese by that um, June of 1944. And again, we were all over the southern part of our diocese. Um, and then in 1947 was finally when the decree was signed in Rome that established us as our own independent community. And then you had to build. Right. And, and um, we're, we're going to take a break here. Uh, uh, Eli, how, how long do I have? But, but, but it was interesting. You, you, you could have ended up in Dickinson. Very much so. Um, Tell us about how, how, how the sites were selected. So we were looking around Bismarck for a site, and then there was a change in Bishop. Bishop Bryan passed away, and Bishop Hoke came in, and he wanted to see us partnering with Assumption Abbey, and he suggested going to Dickinson. So we had purchased land out by the Green River, the Green River. just east of Dickinson, even had already contracted with Marcel Breuer, the architect, to prepare wow. drawings for that site. But the businessmen in the Bismarck area never lost hope of bringing us back. And then when Bishop oh, yeah. Hoke moved on and Bishop Hacker came, the businessmen of the area and Bishop Hacker said to the sisters, would you look at Bismarck one more time? Wow. I bet you could find a site here. And that's when Charles Swenson brought up again for the second time his offer of 40 acres of land just south of Bismarck. And this time we were ready to take him up on his offer. And you're you are good for business, aren't you? <laughs> we are. Uh, I, I mean, and, and if, if just uh, just one aspect, just of the university, uh, you know, apostle that you have, right? Uh, what that means to Bismarck is is immeasurable, and so the businessmen. Uh, Played business well. They right? did. They did, because I do not think the University of Mary would have been created if we were out on the Green River. All right. So, Sister Nicole Kunze is my guest. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, we have, we're, we've uh, brought them here uh, from 1878. Uh, the sisters uh, received their independence in 47. We're going to talk about Marcel Brewer. We're going to talk about what they built. We're going to talk about their celebrations, and um, I celebrated my 55th birthday yesterday, and I want to thank everybody who um, uh, sent me greetings. I'm very happy to say I'm, I'm 55. I'll be happy in 10 years to say I'm 65. <laughs> I, I'm very happy where I am, but, but, uh, but 20 years before I was born, um, you were already an independent monastery. We're going to talk about more of the celebrations coming up. Sister Nicole Kunze is my guest. We'll be back in just one moment. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Does someone who takes their own life automatically go to hell? I'm Father Chris Alar. In 1993, my grandmother took her life, and for years I carried this burden because she committed a grave sin and had no time to repent. 
But the church states that certain mental conditions may reduce the responsibility of one who takes their own life. You are only eternally lost if you die in an unrepentant state of mortal sin. And for a sin to be mortal, three conditions must be present. And one of those conditions is complete free will. I don't believe many people freely want to take their life. So there is hope for their salvation. To learn more, please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost. And to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Very good. We're coming up on 47 minutes past the hour, wherever you are. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. This is Real Presence Live on your Real Presence Radio Network. And thank you. We are listener-supported. So because of our listeners supporting us, you have this show and all of our programming uh, throughout the day. And we're coming to you live from my office at the Church of Corpus Christi in Bismarck. And I'm visiting with the, the prioress of Annunciation Monastery here in Bismarck, Sister Nicole Kunze. We, we, we spoke before the break, and you can re-listen to this show on our, on our podcast online. They're, they're, they're there in, in, in perpetuity, and you can uh, listen to it again and again. But, but the, the, the history is interesting as to how they came here. And now we're, we're up to 1947, they received their papal approval to be fully independent. And so we have to know, uh, first of all, let's talk about the C.B. Little House, right? That, yes. that, that's where you based out of first. Yes, the diocese gifted us with the opportunity to live there. And as our writings say, it was quite the mansion in its day and worked well for a family of five, which was what the C.B. Little family was. We managed to house at any point in time 35 to 40 sisters in that house. And so, obviously, you all grew that. Right. And it never fully held the community. That's why we had to have missions. And back in the day, the sisters basically lived where they worked. So if they were teaching at St. Pat's School out in Dickinson, there was a convent right there. We had, you know, we lived at the hospital here at St. Alexius or up in Garrison or Bowman or Richerton, wherever we were ministering. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, So let's talk about the 40 acres gifted to you by whom? Um, Charles Chick Swenson. And, And you found a uh, an architect, and you started to build in in a in a in a way that kind of uh, fit 
your your spirituality. Tell us about that architecture that we see out there. Some people just don't understand it uh, or have an appreciation for it. But when you when you begin to uh, research it, it it becomes obviously more meaningful. Tell us about Marcel Brewer. Yes, we were able to gain his use and have him design our buildings because he was working with St. John's Abbey in Collegeville, Minnesota. And so he came out and decided, you know, has termed our building the jewel on the prairie. Uh, you know, he just kind of fell in love with this landscape. He is of the Bauhaus tradition, Hungarian-born, and a lot of light and dark simplicity that the people are the ones who bring the color to the place. And so um, our first monastery out on the site south of Bismarck was built in two phases. Um, they moved into the east half in 1959 and moved into the second half in um, the west side in 1963. And then we also contracted with him to help build the first campus for what was then Mary College. And those buildings they moved into, I believe it was 1968. His architecture also strikes me as it's not going to go anywhere. No. And so, uh, I, you know, there's a sense of stability. Uh, you, you're here to stay. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's it's kind of immovable. Lots uh, of it, concrete. It, it, for, yeah, I, I was kind of say it differently, but yes. Uh, so, but you're 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 here to stay. Yes. Um, now, th th let's talk about now um, the flourishing ministries that you sponsor. Uh, th let's start with 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 the hospital. Uh, then go to the university and ministry on the margins. Um, that, that's, that's, let's start with the, the hospital, uh, St. Alexius. So when Benedictines became involved in health care back in 1885, that was the first time Benedictines had done health care, and at that point we were the first hospital between St. Paul and Seattle. And, you wow. know, it just grew from there. We didn't know anything about health care, taking care of patients at that time. They learned on the job. And St. Alexius just continued to grow. Um, Sister Boniface Timmons was a significant part of that history back in the 1920s and 30s. Um, again, partnering with the local businesses in all of our ministries. It's never been about us, and we've never been able to do it on our own. We've needed partners in the area to assist us. She put in the first telephone system system so that the hospital could call the doctors, did that with the help of the local businessmen, um, putting in a new furnace in the hospital with the help of the local businessmen. And so without St. Alexius, you know, really, there wouldn't be much of any Catholic health care here in the central part of the state. The Mercies were up in Williston, you had St. Joe's Hospital right. in Dickinson, but we had St. Alexius here and then building um, Garrison Memorial Hospital at right. the time of the dam being built. And then in 1914, uh, you started a nursing school. Uh, as I said, my mother's a graduate of that. That became incorporated into Mary College. Right. And um, it makes sense if you have a hospital, you need to train nurses. Uh, let's move now to um, the University of Mary, uh, Mary College, how that formed you self-incorporated that, you said, in the 60s during the break. Tell us about that history. You know, the sisters who came from St. Ben's to be our founding sisters, several of them were either educated at the College of St. Benedict or even taught there and had the dream of could we start our own college here in Bismarck. And 
before the college, certainly they were teaching in the local high schools and elementary schools, but we were having members joining in the 1950s right out of high school. They were in need of higher education, and rather than continuing to send them to the local state colleges to get their teaching certificates, why not start our own college? And so 1955, we started offering classes to our sisters and were un as a, seen as a junior college under Catholic University of America. And then our founding was November 17, 1959. Graduated our first class then in the spring of 1960, all sisters, I believe it was a class of six or seven. And then from there on, we're allowing lay students in from the beginning, but as I always say to the students at the university today, when you look at our campus, it's hard to realize we started a college without a campus. We relied on the St. Alexius School of Nursing. That's where our students lived, and they were bused out to campus each day because we shared classrooms with Priory High School. Back in the 1950s and 60s, most religious communities had some form of a high school boarding school for young women, and so some of the teachers in the classrooms were both used for Priory High and Mary College. So from that first class of six or seven sisters in 1960, how many are you graduating today? Almost a thousand each year. Isn't wow. that, tremendous? that is it, tremendous? It is. It is. And, and Monsignor yeah. Shea has been a, a, a gift in, in the leadership there, his, his gifts and talents. Uh, and you have new schools coming in, engineering. Uh, what, what, what's, what's coming up? Uh, in a medical school is still in the works, maybe? It's still on our Vision 2030 plan that we put together in, during the first few years of his presidency. So right now we've moved into Phase 2, and Phase 2 is looking at how we can grow our St. Gianna School of Health Sciences along with our athletic facilities, finding ways that the two can partner together so we are looking to um, bring all of our sports back to campus except hockey and golf. No golf course in the making or no hockey rink on campus, but making a football stadium, sure. track and field, baseball, softball, all of that. And ministry on the margins. That's our newest ministry. You know, we've always been about responding to the needs of the people at the time. And so Sister Kathleen Atkinson started that ministry back in 2013 through her volunteering at the state penitentiary, noticing that there were people falling through the cracks, not getting what they needed in terms of food, clothing, um, shelter. And so she'd moved to different locations around town. And then in 2016, they moved to their current location on 24th and Broadway. And they're providing four to 5,000 pounds of food a week through their food pantry. And they're not the only food pantry in town feeding the hungry, um, helping those who are released from prison get back on their feet. Um, they now have a staff of 10 or 11. They're providing a place of respite for men and women overnight so they can get out and have shelter. They call it the coffee house. That's the newest um, ministry they're doing there. But we took that under our sponsorship umbrella as a community last August. So we are proud to say we now sponsor three ministries. Uh, we touched on your new home briefly uh, in 2000, uh, motivated by, you know, the monastic values that are lived today. T t tell us about that and, and, and why, why that became a need. 
as I was joining the community in the mid-1990s, we realized our current building was too large for us and the university was growing and they could use it. And so we designed a new building and moved into it in 2000. And I like to joke, we still call it the new monastery 22 years later because in the grand scheme of the Benedictine world, if it's the, our time span here is 1,500 years, 22 is still pretty it's much It's going to be new, new for a few centuries. Right. And so it allowed us to put our chapel in the central part of our building. Um, we had rooms that we can recreate in. We now have a hospitality space. In our previous monastery, we could never really house retreatants. And so we have a great space now for people looking for quiet time. We have sisters who offer spiritual direction. And that's been a great help in moving to that new monastery. Sister Nicole Kunze um, is uh, the prioress at the Benedictine Sisters of Annunciation. We got a couple minutes left before our top of the hour break. Uh, what, what, what do you, when you look to the future, next 25 years, 50, what does it hold? You know, I think we will continue to be faithful to living our way of life, following the rule of Benedict, living in community. I believe that's for all of us who have come to join our community. It's wanting to be with others, to be of service, to do it together. You know, in the Rule of Benedict, it's asked, does the new member seek God? That's the first question you ask. But then, how, how do we seek God together? Through our praying of the liturgy of the hours, through our service to others. Um, we do still have women coming to join us. We have three women in first profession right now. We have an active vocation ministry team. Um, we're doing what we can to minister to students at the University of Mary in our local parishes. One of our sisters will be at the search program this weekend out in Medora just to, you know, share the love of God with others and and help those who are called to doing something more. If that is within our community, helping them find their place and, you know, hopefully they can open themselves up to that call and whatever God is asking of them. Since 1947, you have become a storied tradition here and, uh, and a gift of faith as well. Um, Sister Nicole Kunze has been my guest. She's a prioress for the Benedictine Sisters of Annunciation. You were, you were founded on that day, the Feast of the Annunciation, right? Yes. And that's why that is. You are um, a great guest, articulate, a fine ambassador, for your sisters, I see why they gave you a second term. How, how many term? How many terms can you have? Um, I will be term limited at the end of this one, so I have so four years left. Four years left. All right. So you don't you don't need a campaign. You're, you're, <laughs> you <laughs> no can, no. You, you can relax in your second term. Yes. You, you've been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Happy Thank anniversary to the Benedictine Sisters of Annunciation, 75 years in Bismarck, North Dakota. We pray for them, and we ask you, Sister, pray for us. Certainly. Thank you do. very much. We'll be back in just one moment. <laughs> 